Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In August 1984, 13-year-old Kelly Jean Harris is riding her bicycle through her neighborhood in Jackson, Michigan. When Kelly never returns home, but her bike turns up later that day at a park, her case is initially classified as a runaway. However, a closer look at the adults in Kelly's life leads detectives to a prime suspect in her disappearance. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library podcast. This is the story of the chilling murder of Kelly Jean Harris. It is the summer of 1984, and Kelly Jean Harris is just 13 years old. She's not unlike any young girl during summer break. She's chasing fun and enjoying the sun. Kelly spends much of the year in Maryland being raised by her father, but she decides to go to Michigan to be with her mother Carol and her stepfather Leonard for the summer of 84. Kelly wants to spend as much time as she can with her mother before she makes her way to live with her great aunt in California after the summer ends. It's August 10th, 1984, and Kelly is upset with her mother and stepfather. You see, Kelly really wants to go to the local county fair, but her mother Carol and stepfather Leonard tell her no, she can't go. This decision feels like the end of the world to 13-year-old Kelly, but she accepts her parents' answer. As her mother walks out the door to go to work, she notices that Kelly's bike is left abandoned in front of the house not at all where it belongs. Carol tells her daughter to go put it in the backyard. Kelly tells her mother, I love you, have a good day, and watches Carol go off to work for the day. It is now 2 p.m., and Carol is returning home, expecting to greet her daughter like usual. But when she walks through the door, she realizes Kelly isn't there. At first, Carol is confused, but soon, worry starts to set in. Carol immediately heads over to her mother's house, crying and screaming, asking for help finding her daughter. The family calls the local police, but they aren't really much help, because they think that Kelly ran away. After all, Kelly was upset that she couldn't attend the fair. Maybe she got fed up with being told what to do, and ran away. Despite the runaway theory, 
police officers still take the time to question Carol and Leonard at length. Carol is cooperative and active in the investigation into her daughter's disappearance. She answers all questions and provides as much information as possible. She tells detectives that her daughter is 5 feet 5 inches tall and weighs 100 pounds. She tells them to be on the lookout for a biracial girl, black and white, with black, dark, brown hair and brown eyes. She also tells detectives her daughter was last seen wearing an orange blouse with gray stripes and black shorts. Kelly has a gap between her two upper front teeth, and she occasionally wears prescription glasses, although she isn't positive if her daughter had them when she went missing. When questioned by police, Leonard doesn't take the same approach as his wife. He's less cooperative and more evasive. He tells authorities that he believes Kelly ran away. And at first, this seems like a real possibility to detectives because they end up finding Kelly's three-speed bicycle at the entrance of Ella Sharp Park. That's about a five-minute drive from where Kelly lives. They also learn that Kelly purchased herself a bus ticket to Detroit, Michigan, which is just over an hour away from Jackson, Michigan. Not to mention, a witness comes forward to say that they saw Kelly getting onto the bus that day. At this point in the investigation, everything seems to point to Kelly Harris being a runaway. She got into a fight with her parents earlier that day, her bike was abandoned, she purchased a bus ticket to Detroit, and someone says they saw her board the bus. These are all the makings of a child runaway. At least you would think so. But after digging into Leonard's past, detectives learned some disturbing information about Kelly's stepfather. They uncover that Leonard Hugel has a documented history of child molestation along with other acts of violence. It's not clear what these other acts of violence are, but it's enough along with the child molestation charges to make Leonard a person of interest in Kelly's case. This means that detectives finally believe that foul play could have been involved in Kelly's disappearance. As the investigation continues, Carol must reconcile with the fact that her husband may have something to do with her daughter's sudden disappearance. Four years after Kelly goes missing, Carol confronts Leonard. She asks him directly if he is any way responsible for her daughter's disappearance. She looks him straight in his face with desperation and heartbreak and asks, what did you do to her? But instead of seeing this woman's vulnerability and hopelessness and choosing to give her an honest answer. He simply bends down to tie his shoes. He walks to his car, gets in, and drives off. This is all Carol needs to know, that Leonard is culpable. She leaves Leonard in 1988, but the divorce wouldn't be finalized until 1994. 1993 rolls around and Leonard ends up in trouble with the law, once again. This time, he is convicted of sexual battery, burglary, and other related charges for the rape and murders of a five-year-old girl and her mother in Florida. He is sentenced to 50 years in prison. Because of the criminal past Leonard has, along with these new convictions, he is repeatedly questioned for over 20 years about Kelly's disappearance. Detectives are certain that this man was capable of harming 13-year-old Kelly, 
they just need a confession because they don't have reliable physical evidence to indict Leonard for Kelly's disappearance and presumed murder. In 2006, Leonard fesses up to what happened to Kelly that summer in 1984. According to Mel Hartman, an investigator for the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office, Leonard admits to authorities that he murdered Kelly. He says that he told Kelly that she was allowed to go to the county fair and that he would take her. But he tells detectives that he never ended up taking her there. Instead, he confesses to kidnapping Kelly and taking her to where he worked at the time, which was St. John's School, a Catholic elementary school. He then says that he sexually assaulted her there before placing her in the trunk of his car and driving her out near Jackson Community College, which is about a 10-minute drive, or a little over 5 miles, from their home on Lincoln Court in Jackson. Finally, he confesses that he stabbed her to death and buried her body. When police take him to the location where he claims Kelly's body is buried, nothing is there. No remains are located. And this sort of poses a big problem for police because if there isn't a body, how do you prove there has been a murder? It is reported that blood evidence confirms Leonard's story. However, it's not known to the public what exactly was found and tested. At the time of this recording, Leonard Hugel is incarcerated in Florida and serving out his sentencing for that rape and murder of a young girl and her mother back in 1993. He is scheduled for release somewhere between 2033 and 2035. If he is still alive, he will be 90 years old when he is extradited to Michigan and formally charged with the murder of Kelly Jean Harris. When it comes to Kelly's remains, investigators believe that her remains may never be found due to environmental elements and possible wildlife that could have destroyed or scattered them over the many years. The Doe Network has reported that Kelly's DNA and dental records are on file, but it is not known if the DNA was ever secured. After her daughter disappeared and her marriage dissolved, Carol felt hopeless, lost, and alone. She tried her best to cope over the years, but she says she just didn't know how. She said, quote, I just remember shutting myself in the bedroom and I didn't care if I ever came out. I tried drinking, but thought it was not going to bring her back. It was like I was in a world all alone. My daughter was gone, end quote. Kelly Jean Harris has been acknowledged at the Fallen Victims of Homicide Memorial in front of Cascade Falls at Sparks Foundation County Park in Michigan. Carol visits often. Most times, she sits there to think and to cry, ultimately to mourn. She looks at her daughter's picture and thinks of a different life, one where her daughter lives. It may seem like Kelly's case is shut and closed because they have a prime suspect, but it never hurts to stack the evidence so there's no reasonable doubt, so a monster doesn't get away with murder. Please share Kelly's story so that if someone out there does know something, they can come forward so her killer does not escape justice, and at the very least, so her remains may be returned to her mother, if possible. Anyone with information about this case, or Leonard Hugel, is urged to contact the Jackson County Sheriff's Office at 
768-7900 or their local authorities. The agency case number is 77-9684. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. If you enjoy the show, please show your support by leaving a rating and review on Apple and Spotify. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at the Lost Crimes Library pod. Before you go, make sure you hit the follow button because new episodes drop every Wednesday and you won't want to miss it.